Hi, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Stefan, and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by Dream Data. The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across Dream Data employees through our LinkedIn Lives, podcasts, and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling, maybe. Welcome, everybody. Hello. (laughs) So nice to meet you again. We're actually back at the location where we started, at the genesis of all the social selling LinkedIn live stuff. I'm crazy excited about the topic today. So our guest today is Ines, my colleague, the star of social selling at Ring Data. And today we're going to talk about that with Ines. How did it feel to start social selling? What worked? What didn't? Because sometimes you might feel, oh, We are getting the hang of it. It's working. We love this. But does it actually scale? How can you scale it? Well, if you've got people like enough, it's easy (laughs) to scale. But she might have spotted some of the things that actually are, could be better. So you can adapt that as well. Because a lot of companies are looking up to Mm. everybody and saying, how do we do this? So Ines, welcome. Thank you, Laura. I'd love you to give us a quick introduction of yourself before (laughs) we dig into it. Hi, everyone. I'm super excited to be here. I just want to say hi, mom. Hi, dad. (laughs) I had to do that. (laughs) Is there anybody else you want to thank? I think that's enough for now. (laughs) But I'm so sorry about my rusty voice. It's been a rough couple of days. But anyway, I'm super excited to be here. And I think this subject is very interesting because... If you asked me one year ago, I would never have thought that I will be having this session with you. <laughs> so um, like, I'm super excited to share my part of experience with Dream Data and starting the social selling and kind of humping on the, on the train of social selling um, and kicking it off for myself. So, yeah. Can you see how many fantastic friends are here? Yeah. And they even are talking to each other. So Nick, you can also write privately to Will, but it's beautiful. Like, there's Will, there's Nick, there's Eric, <laughs> Patricia, everybody. Good morning or good, good morning. afternoon to wherever you are. I'm going to go pick up the kids later. So for me, it's enough. <laughs> hello, dear friends. Yeah. Hello, everybody. So we're kicking this off. All right. So at Dream Data, we kicked off social selling were around, what is it now, more than one and a half year ago, where we were pretty active on LinkedIn and uh, like it was a channel we knew we needed to be at, but it started to scale through one post that Mm -hmm. created that wave of understanding saying, oh, so, okay, if we get those bigger reaching posts, actually Mm -hmm. our brand is exposed to more people. We get more direct traffic to our website. We can attribute social to the first touches of our deals. Our MQLs by that one post have actually like skyrocketed. It was higher than that time when we announced our seed round and so on. So we decided, okay, we do this. And a lot of people on the team started to do that. It stuck with some. It didn't with some others. And then we started to get new people. And that's where Ines joined. And that's where we... needed to figure out, okay, so how do yeah. we actually onboard people? How do we get them working? So Ines, can you tell us about your start with social selling at Dream Data? Yeah. 
So a little bit of a background on me, like I've never done social selling properly before. Before joining Dream Data, I think I posted four times. Um, but I believe that I should be on LinkedIn. As a salesperson, I need to have kind of a good profile and post and be present there. So when I joined Dream Data and Laura actually had a session where she was like, yeah, we're starting the social selling thing. Do you want to join? I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, I, I wanted to do that. But what helped to kickstart it or like for me to take that step to start posting uh, regularly was actually the little bit of process we had at that time. Um, I remember we created the Black uh, channel for social selling where we kind of um, link the post and then everybody's just there cheering you up, uh, liking and commenting on your posts. Um, but we also had sessions uh, where we, Laura shared her experience, how she started, Stefan, most of the team that were was actively uh, posting on LinkedIn would share their experiences and also learning from external people. So all that combined helped, uh, helped me to kind of understand, okay, maybe it's not that hard uh, to actually start it. And I could see how everybody was excited about it and how it was actually everybody was cheering. Except that wasn't enough because, yeah, that could get you going for like a couple of posts, three posts, four posts when you're super excited of joining a new team and a new company. But then to be consistent, it takes a little bit more than that. Um, and that's what I discovered by time because there were times where I didn't post that much and there were times where I didn't feel like posting or I didn't know what to post. And that's where I kind of leaned back on the team, not the process, but the team. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember, Laura, I came to you so many times so like, I'm out of ideas. I don't have anything in my mind to talk about. What do you think I should write about? And then you bounce an idea for me. And then I go to Stefan and I go to Sam and I go to everyone. And it's like that collectiveness and knowing that, okay, if my brain doesn't work, at least there's four other brains that actually work. <laughs> so that helped a bit. And then another thing that I also relied on to keep that consistency, because bear in mind, this was a new job for me. This was a new field for me, and this was a new, completely new territory and product. So I didn't have necessarily that much knowledge to talk about. So I leaned on the block, and we're very lucky to have an insanely good content manager. Shout out, Jeremy. <laughs> but the blogs that we have on our website were amazing, and that was a mind goal for me because it's good information. It's correct information backed by data mm. with a lot of research behind. And I just read the blogs, picked up like two, three main ideas, and then I would make it my own. Um, I would kind of put it in my own words or do it in a video, do it in a GIF, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I kicked it off a little bit. That's very nice. That yeah. sounds like it was easier than it actually was. But but let me unpack a couple of things. Yeah. So there was one thing that you mentioned before we actually started talking on live was starting in a new company, in a new domain that you don't know. You're selling to marketers. You're not a marketer yourself. You're in sales. How did you balance the fact that you know half of the things what you're talking about LinkedIn on LinkedIn? Yeah, that was that was one of the major challenges at the beginning because I had 
this fear in my mind that, okay, I'm going to post, I'm going to sound like an expert and people are going to expose me because mm. I'm new to this field. I'm not a marketer and I'm talking to marketeers that have been doing this for the past 15 years or 20 years. There's no way they're buying my, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so it, like in my mind, uh, that was haunting me so much. It's like, what if someone uh, comments negatively on my comments? How would I respond? What if they ask a question that I don't know how to answer? So all of those things, they were on my mind, but I kept posting because of all the other positive things. Mm. Um, but by time, I switched my mindset a bit. Because instead of looking at it from a perspective that I am the expert and I'm lecturing people on LinkedIn, I started thinking about it as if I'm sharing my experience. This is what I learned. I had this experience and these are the outcomes. This is what I actually learned throughout that experience. And nobody can actually question that. Nobody can come to me and say, oh, you're not allowed to say that about your experience. Of course I can. It's my experience. It's my perspective. And that's how I learned to, to think about it like more positively. It's like, and it's fine to share that I don't know things. Mm -hmm. And it's fine to share that um, I did something wrong. I messed up a process. I um, didn't handle a stakeholder or I didn't know how to pitch or I didn't know how to, to do things because guess what? Those posts are the posts that I have the most engagement with. Those are the posts that people can relate to. And I have so many people reaching out to me not to talk about dream data, not to talk about sales, not to talk about marketing, just to say, I know how you felt. I've been there. I've done that. So that kind of every time I posted like that or every time I I was uncomfortable clicking that post button and then I see the reaction from people that also validated no. that it's it, it's OK to do that. I love that. And going all the way from you can rely on your team to help you out on posting, but at the same time, stitching it with your own messaging is kind of to get the message out that it feels like you. And there mm -hmm. is another point that you, at the beginning, it's very normal. You copy what other people are doing in your organization. You try to be like them. But at a point, there is a, a specific yeah, time when you figure out, okay, this type of content is me. Yeah. And what is the specific content that you found to be you? Um, I think for the people following me, they probably know it's videos. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been lucky enough to work with a video marketing platform in my previous job. So I got used to it. I was using videos. I'm still using videos a lot in my outreach and uh, my sales processes. But when I thought about being active on LinkedIn, that was a no-brainer for me because when I'm recording videos, that's the most authentic I can be. I am the goofy I, as I am in real life. I talk the way I will talk to you uh, in real life. And I'm just like, I'm more relatable. Um, and for me, that was the whole point of being on LinkedIn because um, I had a motive why I wanted to be on LinkedIn. Um, of course, dream data and supporting the team and um, being part of the big strategy and the big overview was one of the main reasons. But I also know that 
I want to build a brand. I wanted to have a voice and I wanted to be on LinkedIn, not only for the sake of dream data, but also to talk about things that are part of my personality that make me the professional that I am mm -hmm. in every possible way. Um, and video did that for me. So I, I, I knew that was my kind of my, my path. Um, and maybe that's a little tip for anyone that is thinking about starting being active on social. Find the things that you are passionate about outside of your job. Um, we have Sam, which is like a perfect example on the team. He likes memes. He enjoys creating memes and he's funny and that's part of his personality. And he only posts memes. Still gets the point. Still yeah. gets the goal achieved. So like most most of the people actually struggle at the beginning yeah. to find that I was lucky to find it in the, the beginning because I knew what I what I wanted to do. But just try it out. Try texts, try gifts, try videos. You never know. You just have to try it yeah. in a way. Sounds good. Sounds good. Now we talked about the start and yeah. how the process is unfolding, really. And right now we're going to take a couple of questions because I think some of them are really adding a lot to <laughs> the discussion. So now you mentioned your why for LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like a big part of it is also your personal brand. But Nick is poking the bear. <laughs> and I would like to pick that up as well. So what Nick is asking is more about the content. And what are you going to use it for as the yeah. next part? Because personal branding comes in. Yes, you're posting content. Is that the only part for social selling? Mm -hmm. Just posting content? What else do you use it for? Yeah, so I think for this part, it, it has been phases. Um, so when I started posting uh, with Dream Data, I didn't have followings. I, I didn't have a following. Nobody knew me. I had to build that up, right? Mm -hmm. And for mainly for that phase, I had to post. I had to post a lot. And, and maybe I'm... Like, that's not the best strategy, but at least that's what kind of happened with me. I started posting and for me, the goal is to be consistent, to get my face out there, to get my voice out there, and then everything will fall. And then I could see the numbers coming up. I could see the number okay. following and then I could see people other than my family like in my posts. So that was really good. <laughs> uh, but I I started seeing interactions. I started seeing um uh, like people liking all my posts and then commenting. And then it moved from commenting to going to the inbox mm -hmm. where I had conversations. Mm -hmm. And then um, now the phase I'm in is actually commenting on other people. I, I didn't used to do that. I, mm -hmm. I, and I think I still don't do it effectively right now. I don't do it in the most perfect way. But now I take the step and I actually engage with other content creators on LinkedIn it, it doesn't have to be around attribution because I'm working with attribution. It can be around sales. It could be around marketing. It could be around anything because, yes, LinkedIn is a professional um, network, but people talk about other parts of their life. Um, I talk about other things of my life. I talk about immigration. I talk about sales. I talk about being a woman in sales, whatever it is. So engaging with other content creators is also part of social selling yeah. and it's a very important part of social selling and I've created a lot of conversations and made a lot of 
LinkedIn friends <laughs> out of those uh, because I take the step, right? Yeah. I take and I engage as much as people engage with my content because when you post on LinkedIn, you'd like people to comment yeah. on your posts. You'd like people to like your posts and sure. engage, right? That's so why where it starts. And especially for, like, I can't put it like that, your generation. But, <laughs> but it is like that. You, you do want to be liked. And that yeah. also is one of the reasons why we have the social selling channel at Dream Data. Yeah. It's like, yes, one, to encourage everybody to post and to be consistent because you see your colleagues do it, then you're yeah. kind of missing out and you want to be there too. But also the rest is going to comment and like. And that snowball is going to roll and roll further ahead you and further down the hill i love the way you put out the process it's like small steps towards the bigger goals look first you like me like my posts because <laughs> i want to be exposed more and then you figure out okay everybody wants to be liked as well so nobody really cares about me they care about themselves and let's bring it into a community somebody mentioned the community in comments as well yeah. so you start building up a community out of those and and then there comes the next question where I think Nick was trying to poke the bear as well. So how do you move that into your actual work of selling? Yeah, that's the tricky part because there's no magic formula, right? I'm a salesperson and I think everybody knows I'm a salesperson, especially if you expose yourself on LinkedIn, right? Um, and I think people are already traumatized of salespeople pushing too much uh, or like pitching you know, straight away. So um, to be completely fair, I don't like to pitch on LinkedIn. I don't do it. I try to create a conversation because obviously if the person is engaging with me, whether in a conversation in the, like in, in the DMs or in the comments, they have either an opinion or a problem they want to talk about. So if it's an opinion and I agree with it, then we agree with it. And then I generally say, okay, I have something that could help you. Let's have a conversation around that. If they have a problem and I generally think that I can help them, then we just talk about it and see if it's, if it's beneficial for both. I don't drive the conversations by my own the agenda where I want to book the meeting or have the meeting because it doesn't make sense for me to book the meeting and then waste their time and waste my time if I know it's not a fit and it's not going to go in either direction. Mm -hmm. So I think in the most salesy way of saying, I like to qualify by conversation. <laughs> so I have a conversation. I try to kind of underlaying <laughs> qualifying questions. And then if there is a match, an obvious match that would benefit both of parties, of course, I'd like to do my job. Of course, I'd like to do sales. So I just move it to the sales process. But I am upfront with it. I am no. transparent with it. I'm not hiding. I'm a salesperson. And the people reaching out to me, they know that. So I just, in the most transparent way, I say it like, hey, like I, I need to make the sales or I want to make the sales, but I want to help you as well. Let's work together. Let's Very do it nice. together. So yeah. that's how people <laughs> want to buy. I remember we spoke with Zoe from Spectre yeah. the other time and she said like, well, you earn the right to direct messages yeah. in public because this is how people communicate. It's like you don't go into a big event and you, you talk to a lot of people and somebody asks a question and say, oh, let's take that question one-to-one -one <laughs> behind the stage. and say, no way you answer that to everybody. It's yeah. the same. 
Yeah, love that. We have so, so many, many questions. questions. <laughs> and uh, well, we will go over time. I can see that already. So <laughs> a couple of questions. The first one will go into your process and then we're going to move into marketing and how it works. So sure. consistency and your posting. Yes. Do you have a schedule? Yes. Oh, oh my God. This topic. I think I tried everything. I tried schedule posting. I tried blocking my calendar for one hour every Monday just to brainstorm and, and ride. And those processes, I mean, they have pros and cons, but they didn't help me be consistent. Instead, what worked, and I, I uncovered this process throughout months and months of trying. I didn't, I didn't come up with this process um, uh, in the first month or the second month. But I, I, was, I was talking to myself and I was like, okay, what gets you to the point of um, fulfilling a task or like finishing a task? I was like, okay, I usually have a to-do list with tasks and then I break it down and I finish the tasks. I was like, okay, I really like to-do lists. So I did an experiment and I was like, okay, in my to-do list, the first task I will put is post on LinkedIn, nothing more post on LinkedIn. I don't put the subject. I don't put whatever I want to talk about. I don't do anything. I just put post on LinkedIn. And then I go, the first thing I do in the morning is, okay, let's reflect. Because usually my posts are either a reflection on something that happened in a meeting, a reflection on something that I talked about with one of the team, a reflection on a product feature, um, or a reflection on a life experience. Basically, these are like the themes of my posts. And then I, every morning I go in and I'm like, okay, you take 15 minutes to reflect, reflect what happened yesterday, what happened in the past week, what do you want to talk about? And then I lay it down. If I want to record a video, I usually don't do it in the morning. I do it whenever I have the time because I need to be mentally prepared to record a video. <laughs> but if I want to write a post, I write it right away, 15 minutes in the morning. And then the most satisfying thing about my day is scratching that task from my to-do list. And I'm talking like agenda pen type of to-do list. And I just do it. And then 30 minutes in my day, I'm already done with the first task. Posted on LinkedIn, everything is fine. I'm like, that works. That sparks joy in my heart. <laughs> so I'll keep doing it. And I've been doing that for the past two months. I've been consistent in posting to one time a day. For the full week, I didn't, I, I didn't skip a day at all for the past two months with this process. But that's my process. And I discovered it throughout months and months of trying. So I think long story short is look into what makes you accomplish your task outside of LinkedIn. Don't stress about social sending and LinkedIn. What drives you to get something done, whether in your life? or in your work, everyday uh, work. So, yeah, and just follow the steps that you would follow normally to get a project done. There you go. There you go. Again, like what sticks for you? Your yes. process, the way you are appearing here on LinkedIn. If it is you, it will be so much easier to stick to it. I love that. What's, it's on your cup. It's good. Can you have a little bit more coffee? <laughs> Okay. okay, sorry for the commercial <laughs> break. <laughs> Next question. We're going to talk about marketing and like personal branding, uh, messaging that is prepared or not for marketing mm. and so on. So 
question to you. How do you cross your personal brand and company brand? Do you at all? Yes, I do. Um, I tried to make it in a process, but then I kind of went overboard. So as I mentioned, I have like themes that I think about. It's reflections. But in my personal brand, I want a part to talk about dream data because that's my job and that's a, a major part of my professional life at this moment, at this stage. So I dedicate, most of my posts are about dream data, uh, but not in a salesy way. It's like about how we did things or how we, this didn't work or like around dream data. But then I also post a lot about marketing and marketing and sales in general. I don't pitch dream data at all. If you go, I think I have two or three posts where I demo or I show the platform, but most of the times it's about marketing. It's about sales but also about what interests me as a person. Because as I mentioned, I talk about immigration. I talk about, um, because that's a dear uh, subject to my heart. And it is part of me as a professional as well, because being an immigrant is very, um, very different than being a native or like being a foreigner in a company, um, doing sales in another language, being a woman in sales, all these subjects I talk about, and they are part of my friend because I. I don't define, or I think nobody should define themselves by their job only. It's part of us. Yes, it's most of our time. Yes, but at some point we will move on. At some point we will move jobs or something will happen. Or even if we stick, it shouldn't be like saying, okay, Laura, it's dream data. No, Laura is energy. Laura is running. Laura is social. A lot of, a lot of other things that define you other than your job. So I try to do that with mixing my posts throughout the week. And I think that what also sticks in people's minds, who you actually are. Yeah. Meaning that you are a part of Dream Data. Well, people obviously can see that written over here, written down <laughs> on LinkedIn, that which company you are working at. But, but what they will remember you is for what you have been talking about. What sticks with them? Oh, you spoke about that. You spoke about immigration. Oh, you're a woman and it's hard. No shit. It is. Uh huh. Yeah. But then you kind of became a person in a brand. But yeah. if you moved yourself, the person from a brand and you move to another company, then you will still still be the same person, maybe talking about a different topic, but still in the same way. And that's how people remember you. Yes. I love it. Okay, uh, Freya, you've got a question too. There are a lot of questions in there because <laughs> one is like a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. <laughs> so who makes the content? Mm-hmm. Is this marketing? And do we have themes? So walk us through. Yes. So uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Very short answer. No. Mark, like the content of our posts that you see from me and from all the team, we write them ourselves. However, we steal from each other. <laughs> we steal from the blog post. If you call it stealing, of course, we, we get inspired. But each one of us has their own style. We don't agree what we're going to post about. But sometimes, for example, I come in and then Laura posts a post in the morning that inspires me to talk about the same theme in the afternoon. I just do that. Um, but for example, if we have a new feature launch or if there's a company event that is happening, of course, we're going to move towards talking about that subject, but we don't have any kind of the 
written rules or guidelines or you should talk about and we write our own posts um sometimes I, I i remember at the beginning when i joined i always asked laura or stefan to double check my posts before posting them and we're doing the same actually with alberto now he's a, he's a new joiner um so we kind of double check and say okay remove this add this and the formatting and everything but other than that uh we don't be or like marketing is not responsible for our uh, posts but i think to put it the other way it does inspire a lot of things Absolutely. meaning that it starts with the content team and the marketing team what is it that we're talking about oh we're talking about churn oh we're talking about dream data being an alternative for google analytics for b2b's oh did i say that we're releasing a new feature <laughs> no but the themes are there they usually come out in blog posts and if we do copy some of the blog post stuff and create our own content about it, that is a piece of it. So we are inspired. Then, well, Stefan posted about some specific feature. Let's say Google Analytics is not fit for B2Bs. Oh, maybe I should make the same. And then it means that, oh, I'm creating it and maybe Ness is going to get inspired of it. And it feels like for people watching that this is a theme we're talking about. But but it's not like very straightly coordinated. Now everybody go post that specific thing because then it becomes unpersonal and it will feel like an ad. Yeah, and people will be spammed. But I think it will become different when we grow. When the team becomes like 50 salespeople, it will be very different and there will have to be more guidelines as well. So we can sit here and yap about, oh, how easy it is for us to be inspired of each other. But yeah. it will have to be structured a little bit more. And that's when we're going to have another LinkedIn Live to talk about how do we structure stuff when the company is like with 50 salespeople. Yeah. So um, let's have a look if we have more other questions. So Nick is saying a lot of things. <laughs> Vampire sales, yes. Some people hate uh, oh, pitches someone on is quoting me. That's awesome. Qualify by conversation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Personal branding, yes, 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 yes. Ah, another question. Yes. But I think I have some more other questions that I'm going to ask you right now before we actually close this. Continue the questions going. If we don't answer them right now, we're going to create content out of it and you can follow us for more. But I would like to talk about the time when it was hard. So I'll tell you a story. Ines joined us. We got crazy excited. She's really good on video. And everybody's like, oh, LinkedIn star of content is like, let's, let's clone more Ines if we can. And there is a time where Stefan comes over to me and says, Laura, I feel like Ines is fading out on LinkedIn. She's not feeling the vibe and it seems like it's hard. Can we, can we do something about it? And well, I took some talks, Stefan took some talks and yeah. we, I, this, this is the second time I tell her, but <laughs> I told her about that before we <laughs> came on live, but this happened and we somehow got the Ines back, <laughs> excited how we were excited for her to join us. Tell us about the low, tell <clears throat> us about what happened there and how did you get out of it? Yeah. Uh, well, the low is that I, I let my negative ideas get into my head, right? Um, all those, like, uh, fears at the beginning, being exposed, being um, not having a lot of engagement, my likes going down. And I know it's 
it's not the thing that you should be wired to think that is that your content is actually working, but still it affects you when you used to have this number and then it kind of goes down. But anyway, it got into my head and I found my my place. I found myself in a place where I was doubting myself a lot. I was writing, I was sitting for one hour trying to write a post and I'm like, okay, nothing comes out. And then even if something comes out, I'm, I'm not convinced that it's a good thing. So I don't post it. And then one day become a week and then one week become two weeks. And then I think I didn't post for one month. Um, what helped me get out of it is first I went on vacation. So that helped. <laughs> sun, literally sun. And not, not only sun, but getting away from all those pressure and being away from mm. LinkedIn and all that mm. obsession about the numbers and the engagement and, and the conversations that helped. And the other thing that helped is actually the conversations that we were having. You, Stefan, Martin, everyone was coming to us like, how can I help? And nobody actually came to me and said, oh, you didn't post today, you should post tomorrow. And nobody actually pointed out how inactive I was or, or why was I not there. Everyone was like, how can I help you get back to where you were? How can I spark that inspiration in you again to start the engine back again? And that for me meant a lot because that meant that, okay, they're not judging me. They're not angry because I'm not contributing to social selling anymore. They actually care about me not doing the things that I was good at. Um, so that kind of, it took some time to get back to it. Um, but I think also my mindset also changed with the conversations that we were having. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have 1,000 views or 2,000 or 20,000. The most important thing is that you get meaningful conversations out of it and you keep doing it to have meaningful conversations out of it. I love that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> We're going to finish this off on a high. So Michael uh, has asked a question about video. So there are a couple of video tools that we use for different purposes. You asked about what <clears throat> you're using. So Ines is using 23 to create her videos. I use either my phone. When, <laughs> when it's like this, then it's filmed on my phone. And when I need to cut the videos out, I cut it with CapCut. And adjust it with the with that tool as well. But if the video is like that, then it's created with Vidyard when we do product videos as well. Yeah. So there are several things. But Michael is ending this up also with a very, very high, which I would love to get like on front. Fun fact. One of my best ever performing posts was a selfie oh with an S talking about immigration. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> well, people are... Really appreciate what you're doing. <laughs> and they do get inspired from you. And the thing is that even if you're in a low, people are looking up to you. It means yeah. that, well, all the people that you look up to, they do have lows as well. Mm. And people had that look up to you, like they're looking up for inspiration to do some stuff yeah. better. So I really love that, Michael. There is the last Thank question you. that I have to ask Ines is what are you most excited for on LinkedIn to get out of it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm excited about. But when I talk about LinkedIn with Dream Data, I would like to do what you did for me to the new joiners. I want to be there to inspire, to kind of get them up and running and to help and be there. Um, I would also take, want to take over this like yeah. life thing. 
So maybe, maybe this is a, this is me pitching myself to Laura. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So now we split it, Stefan and I, but we're going to be adding Ines to some of the sessions as well. You can see how much of a star she is. So we're going to have to plan in which sessions those are. So whoever would like to be a guest on Ines's LinkedIn Live, well, Nowhere tell to us me where, which way it is. Down there. <laughs> tell us that in the comments and we're going to make that happen. Yes, your dream workout. Thank you very much, everybody. It was amazing energy from all of you. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for watching us. And see see you out there. We hope you like listening to us. Subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, just do let us know. And should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to, then like pitch us. We're looking forward to seeing you.